Good feeling. Feeling mellow. Mellow, yellow. Yellow bug. Bug bait. Bait switch. Welcome to Bait Switch Radio, a pink podcast about Brussels sprouts and performance anxiety. Bait Switch invites you to write about music, dance about architecture, eat your oatmeal with a fork, and do your homework in the dark. Today is all about grapefruit. We're discussing three works that explore what could be called the queen of the citrus fruits. I'm Cody Van Winkle. I'm... Oh, God, what is it again? What is my name? <laughs> this is hard. Fuck. And I'm Lucy Valina. Today we're talking about some work that was made for Bait Switch. But before we do that, we should talk about what Bait Switch is. What is bait switch? Bait switch is bait switch is bait switch is a huge interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary artist telephone. It's a long form call and response interactive art, art project. project. It's like that game Exquisite Corpse, where someone starts a story or a picture, and and then someone else takes it and adds the next part, and someone else adds the next part. One artist creates work, and that work is given to another artist of a different medium for them to respond. Everyone only seeing the one step before theirs. Every artist. Re- receives a prompt with no context and responds to it in the medium of their choice. Photography, poetry, music, illustration, dramaturgy, uh, cooking. That work is sent on to another artist. A painter might be given a piece of music to draw from. That painting may be given to a filmmaker or whatever. Ad infinitum. And when it's finished... But I don't know if something like this can ever be finished. It becomes this enormous, unpredictable... Never-ending, always-evolving chain of work. That transcends time, space, and sensory experience. Bait Switch is divided into three parts. We call them streams or branches. They're called cyan, magenta, and yellow, named after three of the four inks used in CMYK color printing. Each of these branches started with source material of some kind and have since each branched out and become their own crazy trees. That's because sometimes we will give the same prompt to two different artists, creating additional tributaries or new green shoots, depending on the metaphor you like best. So we're talking today about the beginning of the cyan branch, which started with a grapefruit. Just a grapefruit? It was just a grapefruit. So literally, I I met with uh, Ariel and (laughs) actually just gave her a grapefruit in a little box. (laughs) (laughs) I love that it wasn't a photo of a grapefruit or the word grapefruit on paper. You gave her the fruit itself. Grapefruit always reminds me of Yoko Ono. I don't know if a lot of other people can say the same thing. That might just be a you thing. I think. Right. And you, you've you had grapefruit-related prompts to give people, and I don't think anyone has come back with, you know what this makes me think of? Is 
Yoko, Yoko ono. ono. Right. Yeah, Yoko Ono wrote this book that I read when I was in high school um, called Grapefruit that is like the weirdest. It's basically just like a book full of suggestions for performance pieces that are actually more like thought experiments because most of them are actually impossible to do. Go on transforming a square canvas in your head until it becomes a circle. Pick out any shape in the process and pin up or place on the canvas an object, a smell, a sound, or color that came to mind in association with the shape. On the dust jacket on the inside, all it said was burn this book after you've read it. Okay. Which, again, I was in high school when I read this, and I thought that was the sexiest thing in the world. <laughs> so grapefruit. Grapefruit. <laughs> so. Let's hear it for grapefruit. <laughs> uh, right. So you were inspired by Yoko Ono mm-hmm. when you were a teenager yes. by this weird-ass book yep. that – blew your mind mm-hmm. when you were just a, a little a baby, just a little animal. <laughs> you were in high school um, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Have you just been haunted by grapefruit ever since? <laughs> I mean, I love grapefruit. The bold and beautiful grapefruit originally comes from Malaysia and Indonesia. It came to this continent in the 1800s, and it was a slow burn before it became as commonplace as it is today. The grapefruit, as we know it, is a combination of the orange and the pomelo, or pomelo, or pomelo, or shaddock. It turns out it's been called many different things. They used to be smaller, like an orange, and eventually the pink and ruby red grapefruits came about. They are less tasty than the white fruit of the original, but they're really pretty, and so they're very popular. Sometimes that's all it takes. If you're new to the English language, or to the fruit, as many international people are, the name can be a bit of a problem. Many people worldwide are more familiar with grapes than with grapefruit, and grapes are a fruit, So it's strange to have something completely different that we call grapefruit. It would be like if we had something called a pineapple. It wouldn't make sense. It turns out the name came from the way they grow, in hanging clusters like grapes. But that's about where the similarities end. They're not related, they look different, they taste different, they basically have nothing in common. Yet the name caught on. So we have our grapes, and we have our grapefruit. So I just brought grapefruit into this into this blanket fort. And yes, I just ate some, and now you're telling me that you're not actually allowed to have any of this grapefruit. I'm not allowed to have it, uh, like in a close to the time when I take my meds. Okay. So uh, I and it's silly because I decided when am I more likely to have grapefruit. Is it a breakfast thing or is it like a cocktail thing? Mm, right. Uh, right. Could be either. So I had to schedule when I take my pill to be the opposite of that. <laughs> so I can have grapefruit <laughs> for breakfast and then not take my meds until like bedtime, which is what I do. I like the grapefruit. It's a lot juicy. So it tastes like a little bit bitter and a little sweet and a little sour. 
Okay. So it tastes everything. You can you can you can taste every flavor with the grape. As we said earlier in the episode, the Cyan branch started with grapefruit, and the first responding artwork was made by Ariel Knebel. She received a grapefruit and was given two weeks to create a response. Here is Ariel Knebel reading her untitled essay. I grew up in a house with dedicated grapefruit spoons. They have a pointed tip like a spade and small serrated edges to dig deep into the fruit and lever out sections of juicy flesh in clean, triangular chunks. My mother used to eat half a grapefruit for breakfast every morning. With the same spoon, she would sprinkle sugar over her grapefruit and into her coffee, cutting the bitterness of both. After digging out each bite, methodically excavating around the circle of the fruit, she would squeeze the husk over her bowl, drinking the extra juice like most people would slurp up cereal milk. Citrus fruit is a lovely concept. A small bit of summer cutting through the deep chill of winter, bright colors standing out against the muted gray tones of freezing snow and sky and naked trees. In reality, though, citrus is often a lesson in disappointment. Oranges so rarely live up to their legacy, often mealy and dry. Clementines, those miniature pops of sunshine, more reliably delicious but leave you feeling empty even after several, can barely be classed as food. The ubiquitous lemon and lime serve so well to enhance flavors around them, brightening other foods on our palates to match their vibrant citron but become overwhelming and unpleasant when they stand alone. Grapefruits are an acquired taste, certainly not a fan favorite, but they are the most delightful of the bunch. In trendy shades of millennial pink, they stand out against the pale golden and deep slate blue shades of winter without looking garish like the construction cone orange or blending in like the lackluster lemon. I've always felt grapefruits are misunderstood underrated and disrespected because of their inherent bitterness and difficult nature. I used to neatly eat the other half of my mother's grapefruit, sprinkling it with sugar, squeezing out the dregs of juice at the end, just like her. Now I prefer to dig both hands into it, tear off the web of membrane around each plump segment, letting juice drip onto the table and tearing chunks to pop into my mouth. Once punctured, the peel is thick enough to tear from the fruit in one large piece by running a finger underneath it all the way around. It's the pith, the membrane around each section that is more difficult to get through. It sticks and wraps and veins around and in between sections, tangling sweet pulp and bitter flesh together. I like how the entire room fills with the sweet scent of juice and sharp tang of oil in the peel. I like how the smell lingers under my fingernails for hours afterwards. I no longer need sugar. I've learned to love the bitter bite. A good grapefruit tastes just like the sun, sweet and warm with a burning finish. I like that she said it tastes just like the sun, mm -hmm. not approximately or kind of like, or in my opinion, she, she declared that they are the same. A grapefruit is just like the sun. Yes, there wasn't any room for argument there. Yeah, no, I think it's a really beautiful piece. And I love this image of kind of watching her mother have this kind of morning ritual with these special spoons and then growing up and sort of 
finding her own way of, of eating grapefruit. Um, and carrying on the, the legacy. Yes, yes. When I was a kid, we always ate them. We didn't have the serrated grapefruit spoon. We just ate them with regular spoons, which was tricky because it's less sharp mm-hmm. and much wider. And we just made it happen, made it work <laughs> however we had to. Would you go in there and, and like cut it up a little bit beforehand? Uh, maybe so. I think I do remember having a, a little bit of knife action where we loosened up the flesh from the, whatever that is, birth sack? That is, what is that? What? <laughs> so Ariel wrote this piece, which is really cool, and we gave that to an artist named Marin Doyle, who is in Toronto. And she responded to this written piece with a piece of art. Aesthetically, like I just, I connected with it. Like I like grapefruit. Things in the writing that stood out to me were like words like slurp and like flesh and membrane and vein and like, um, but contrasted with like millennial shades of pink and like sweet pulp and like, and flesh and these, uh, these things like I wanted to sort of like portray visually like exactly what it's like to like have your teeth like sink into like a juicy grapefruit and like I started playing around with the images I created and um arranging them in different ways and it turned out that I thought I don't know that was like a bit more reflective um of some of the themes like that like I don't know that were in this piece of writing which in a way, like, I thought, yeah, it was, like, a vis- there was a lot of, like, viscerality and, like, and juxtaposition um, in the in the piece. And then I felt like I could, I don't know, make that, like, hallucinatory. Like, description of this, like, experience of eating grapefruit, which was, like, the writing, I felt was actually, like, an enhancement of grapefruit. Or that's what I drew from it. And like, then I was, more like, grapefruit than grapefruit? Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, this, um, through, like, this juxtaposition with, like, like, you know, vibrant pink and orange and like flesh and membrane like it was enhancing the experience of grapefruit so I don't know by like making a bunch of like repeating patterns in like my visual piece and using words like squish and like whoa like I was trying to play on that I guess to create that effect (laughs) I love the kind of story that you're telling in this um you know, this, like, mouth beginning, like, chomping into this grapefruit and then, like, the the juice, like, running out of its mouth and then the whoa. It's, like, <laughs> it's like the grapefruit, like, as, or I saw, like, them as eyes, sort of, in the center of the piece. Like, there's, like, whoa, and then there's a mouth, and then there's, like, eyes. <laughs> yes. And those are, like, the whole, like, grapefruit slices. And I guess it's just, like, tripping out on grapefruit, basically. The repetition of those slices of grapefruit, I think, are hypnotic, which is, I'm sure, what she was going for. The whole thing is so symmetrical and repetitive, and it's this, well, she's tripping out on grapefruit. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that's really most evident in the the repetition of those, of those shapes. Yeah, I love, it reminds me of a kaleidoscope, um, and I would love to actually see this spin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the repetition of the image of that slice is part of what inspired the piece that came after this. Mm -hmm. And that piece inspired something that I drew, Mm -hmm. which also had repetition of that slice image. Maybe that's just the default way to 
make rhythm out of grapefruit or not. I don't know, but Wait, what do you mean gorgeous. make rhythm out of grapefruit? Uh, to, um, she wanted to show something sort of kaleidoscopic, I imagine. And so she wanted to have a visual rhythm. And when you're doing that with grapefruit, this is how you do that. You take a circular slice and you um, change the size and repeat it many times over itself. And that that's where music comes from. To If you're going to make that into a sound, you make some music like he did and uh, and it will have some repetition in it. And so then based on that, I also made that image of slices of grapefruit in a rhythmic pattern because that's what music is. Music is a pattern. Yeah, I love the words in this. I just love the woe in the middle. I think like it's so incredible with the with the juice dripping out of this mouth and kind of the narrative of eating the grapefruit and then having the experience of the grapefruit. Yeah, reacting to it right, right. there in the piece. Right. I mean, it reminds me of, um, I think it's Briat Savarin said that taste is like this multi-part experience. It's mostly about the smell and then it's about the taste, but then it's also about the memory of the taste. Okay. Which I think is really interesting. And for him, how you feel about the taste or what you remember about the taste is part of the sensory experience. Sure. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I I like the woe because it's small. <laughs> and it's an interjection which you would think would be something much more large and dramatic, especially since it's in the center of the piece. You would think that that would be more of a whoa. <laughs> and instead, it's so small and it's enclosed, surrounded by these dripping mouths that it's more like a Keanu Reeves whoa. <laughs> And I think there's something, something, something beautifully understated about that. That it's it's still a, a, a large emotion you're having, but a small expression of it. After the break, we have more big emotions and correspondingly big expressions. And I started thinking of this bliss of like waking up in the morning and eating this grapefruit, <laughs> and and like think like oh, and the like squishy sound. Stay with us. Are you an artist of any kind who makes work or would like to be making work? We are always seeking contributors from a wide range of disciplines. Go to baitswitch.org, click participate, and let's get started. We sent Marin Doyle's piece to a musician and composer in Brazil named Pedro Vituri. I asked Pedro about his first reaction to the piece. I, th- I thought it was funny. Like for me, that when I first opened up, I was like, oh, that's that's funny. That's just, you know, and that, like, I, I think when I first opened up, I, was, I like kind of got conflicted about it. I was like, oh my God, like, I don't, I don't really know what to do in relationship to this because, because it's, it's, some, it's, it's like very humorous. And at the same time, there's this like, like there, there's almost a grossness to it that like the, the like squish that the, the mouth like dripping with the grapefruit juice. And, <laughs> and so there's an element of it that I was, that I like, that I, that I thought it was like funny and gross and cheeky. I, I, I wanted to do something more of a grapefruit itself, but I was like, but the, like, am I being like too literal about this right now? Am I like, am I pulling away from the piece too much and just kind of doing a thing about the theme of the piece itself? And I was like, well, no, because because it's very because the piece is, you know, it's it's very descriptive. It's it's all there. There's all these slices of grapefruit. This person eating this grapefruit. 
and and I, I like kind of decided that like no no I'm not I'm not being too literal. And and so and so for a while I was like thinking of a grapefruit, thinking of like eating a grapefruit, thinking of like that like that desire, that whoa like thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna record some grapefruit sounds. I'm gonna eat a grapefruit, and I'm gonna record myself eating some grapefruit. I'm gonna cut it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna squish it around. I'm gonna make some noise with that. And after I'm done with that, I'm gonna take those sounds and I'm gonna and I'm gonna make music around it. Here is Pedro Vittori's piece entitled Citrus Bliss. is so good yeah. when I hear what his intention was to accomplish uh, I, I hear that it's all there I think he nailed it yeah he said that there was something like comically gross about the the squishing and the the, the juices dripping and he captured that in the audio he said that uh, he really uh, he really liked that whoa uh, I can appreciate that he that he was he was singing whoa because that's what's <laughs> right. in the he saw that and when he saw that word whoa there it made me think of something uh, sort of muted and uh, quieter and Keanu Reeves <laughs> and he saw that as much more of a I don't know epiphany this grapefruit that I just got lost and it was just dripping on my face and I'm just so happy and so blissful in it that I do not care <laughs> that's that's a that's a, 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 a different interpretation of what she had worked on, you know, because reading the text and then uh, and then drawing this this thing, it was, I mean, she was still, what did she say, tripping on grapefruit? Mm-hmm. And then he's blissed out on grapefruit. Yes, yes. Uh, but it, it, there's just a different vibe to it. But you're right. Actually, it's interesting because in Ariel's piece, she talked about how she had kind of been brought up to experience grapefruit with this special utensil and have this like special ritual in it the was morning. sacred it was very sacred and very um orchestrated you know there's yeah. like a spoon that you use to pour sugar onto it and pour sugar in your coffee and just kind of part of your breakfast ritual and the fact that she's grown up and now has this more like um savage way of eating grapefruit that's true she's <laughs> ripping it apart with she's, her bare hands yeah exactly it's very um very dramatic and uh much more, um, much more of a sensual experience. Yeah. And so um, it makes, it's pretty cool that both of these pieces reflect the kind of uh, uh, sensuality of, of eating a grapefruit. Yeah. Yeah. Even if Marin it goes is one way who, over the top. Yes. It's <laughs> over the top. Um, 
Marin introduced the idea of just getting messy. Well, also Ariel did too. She said it drips on the table and stuff. But um, but Marin pointed out that it's running down your face and it's making noises. <laughs> it's it's getting right. sloppier and and more. Well, savage. Actually, you're right. The, there are no noises. We don't hear about noises in Ariel's piece. Ariel's piece is definitely about flavor and color. Yeah. Um, and then Marin made the point to express that it's a sloppy experience, at least the way she does <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yes. <laughs> or the way th- she thinks it should be done, anyway. I mean, it's a sloppy experience for me, too. You know? <laughs> Let's be right. honest. It's, it is definitely uh, not a neat fruit. It is not like eating a clementine. Eating a clementine is like the most contained, easy, low maintenance process. That's true. It peels easily. Yes. Uh, it's uh, Everything is small enough that you bite into it completely enclosed within your mouth and nothing gets anywhere. <laughs> and like a banana, everything is individually wrapped. Yes. You peel as you go. Yes. It's very careful and, 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 and dainty. A couple of other things that um, I love about... Um, about Pedro's response, I love that he was kind of self-conscious about about um, about the funny, like the humorousness mm-hmm. of it. Like how he saw this piece, and his first thought was, "This is funny." But then he was like, "How do I how do I represent that in music?" For one, it's tough, but also like, is it okay that that I'm making this piece kind of funny and cheeky? Is it okay if art's funny? <laughs> right. Is it okay to find humor in something that someone else may have taken very seriously? Right. And actually, it's really interesting <clears throat> because that is a theme that has continued on this thread. Um, there were many responses, direct responses in this chain that came after Pedro's where people would <laughs> see the prompt, think, I think this is funny. Is this supposed to be funny? And right. kind of get a little like self-conscious about it, but also realize like, okay, it's okay. I think it's okay if it's funny. I, I, I wanna make it funny. <laughs> I think we're all taught as kids um, through the efforts of artists such as Weird Al, mm-hmm. that food is comedy. It doesn't have to be, of course, but I think it's easy to have food, to make food puns and to see to see food as funny. So if you're just, Handed something blind, and it turns out turns out to be food related. I think it's it's common that people will find humor very easily, or even look for humor, hmm. even if it's not obvious. And then in some of these pieces, I think it's they're more lighthearted, sort of upfront, and so it's easier to to go there with it. Yeah, um, I also love that he uh, was worried that he was getting too literal with it. I definitely hear a lot of worry like that um, when people are producing work for Bates, which a lot of people ask, oh, did I do this right? I don't know what, the, what you're expecting. I don't know what the rules are. Yeah. I think I did the same thing. I, I needed to ask myself how how much I wanted it to be uh, based on or inspired by the piece I was given and how much I wanted it to be separate from that and my own invention. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think no matter what you do, it's the right choice. But that's why it's a hard question to ask because there's no obvious right or wrong. Right. That's the thing is that you can't do this wrong, <laughs> which I think really freaks people out sometimes. Well, if you can't do it wrong, then you also can't do it right. Right. In that's true. many people's minds. That's true. Well, in my mind, you always do it right. You can't do it wrong. 
Sign up, we'll have some fun. Thank you, Ariel Knabel, Marin Doyle, and Pedro Vittori for the incredible work. I would also like to thank Yoko Ono for writing the book that inspired this thread. And while we're on the subject, I'd like to thank the weirdo botanists who decided to cross an orange with a pomelo 200 years ago. Thank you so much. Our theme music was made by the marvelous Queen Hilma with thanks to Cheston Van Hus and Milwaukee Record. Additional music for this episode was composed by Stephanie Lubkowski. Bait Switch Radio is recorded in a blanket fort in beautiful Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't let anyone trash talk your public toilet. This has given us the opportunity to appreciate the gravitas that the grapefruit brings to the table. Oh my god, I love that. (laughs) Did I mention that I'm a poet? (laughs) 